born 11 of 12, he was his father's favorite. Because of this, his brothers hated him and conspired against him. After a lifetime of misfortune, he arose to be the second most powerful person in Egypt. I'm Jordan Turner, and today we look at Joseph, son of Jacob, in our series, Messiahs, the Anointed Ones of God. So grab your Bibles and join me in Looking at the Word. Hello and welcome to Looking at the Word. Last time we looked at Noah, whom God chose to save the world using the ark, when he destroyed the world with a flood. Today we take a look at Joseph, the favorite son of Jacob. He was the firstborn of Jacob's wife Rachel, who was his favorite wife. Her father tricked him into marrying her sister Leah when he really wanted ja Rachel. Jacob worked seven years for Rachel, but woke up next to her sister instead. He agreed to work seven more years for Rachel and ended up with two wives. In the time after, he had ten sons by Leah, her maid, and Rachel's maid. Rachel remained barren for many years until the Lord blessed her with her first son, Joseph. She died while giving birth to her second son, Benjamin. But because Joseph was the firstborn of Rachel, Jacob loved him more than his brothers, which caused strife between the brothers, understandably. Joseph also began having dreams that seemed to imply that his brothers would one day bow to him. This caused even more strife. It would all come to a head after their father gave Joseph a beautiful coat, further angering the brothers. So let's go now and look at the second anointed one of God, Joseph. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands, to deliver him to his father again. Genesis chapter 37 verses 18 to 22. Ten brothers went out to feed Jacob's flock. Joseph and Benjamin stayed behind, which probably only fueled their hatred against their brother, because while they worked, the older beloved son of Rachel got to stay with her father in the tent. But Jacob sent Joseph to check on his brothers and the sheep. As it says in verses 18 through 20, And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said to one another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him and we shall see what would become of his dreams. Their jealousy towards their brother had grown so much that they actually wanted to kill him and planned it out 
That's how much they had come to hate him. But Reuben, the oldest brother, though I'm sure he was none too pleased when, with the attention his father showed his younger brother, didn't want to kill Joseph. He knew that this could possibly kill his father and didn't want that. As we continue on in verse 21, And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands, to deliver him to his father again. Reuben was trying to rescue Joseph. They would just throw him into the pit without killing him. Then Reuben would come back, take him out, and bring him back home. That was his plan anyway. Unfortunately, things didn't go according to his plan. There's this old saying, if you want to hear God laugh, just tell him your plans. God was working his plan. When Joseph got to his brothers, they did exactly as had been talked about. They stripped him of his coat and threw him into the pit, alive. They then sat down to have a meal. At some point, it would seem that Reuben had left the group for some reason, because after all this, according to Genesis, they looked up and saw a group of Ishmaelites going toward Egypt. And Judah told his brothers in verse 26, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? In other words, what do we have to gain from killing Joseph? What do we gain from covering it up? The answer, of course, was nothing. But if they were to sell him, then that would be a different story. So he suggested that they instead sell him to the group passing by. And the brothers liked that. Not only would they get rid of their troublesome brother, but they'd get a little money too. So that's what they did. They lifted Joseph out and sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Then when Reuben returned, he saw that Joseph was gone. So he tore his clothes in despair. Afterwards, the brothers took Joseph's coat, killed one of the kids of a goat, and dipped it in blood. They presented the coat to their father, who saw it and automatically assumed that some animal had killed Joseph. So he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and went to a state of mourning for his beloved son. His sons and daughters tried to comfort him, but Jacob refused, saying in verse 35, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. He wanted to mourn for Joseph until the day he died. But God kept him alive, because he knew that Joseph was still alive, and that one day his father would see him again. Meanwhile, Joseph had been brought to Egypt, and sold to Potiphar, who was an officer of Pharaoh's, and the captain of the guard. God was with Joseph during this time. He caused Joseph to succeed in everything he did. This impressed Potiphar, so much so that he made Joseph the overseer of his house. Because of this, the Lord blessed Potiphar's household. He put Joseph in charge of everything. He trusted him so much, he didn't even keep count of everything he had. He didn't even know what all he had. All Potiphar knew was that he had bread. That's how much, he, how much trust he had for Joseph. But there was a snake in the grass. Potiphar's wife. In 39, chapter 39, verse 7, we read, And it came to pass, after these things, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. Joseph was a good-looking guy. 
and was good at managing the house. This impressed Potiphar's wife a great deal. So she wanted to have an adulterous relationship with Joseph. But Joseph refused because he knew it was wrong. Not only would he be wronging Potiphar, he would be wronging God. These days, a lot of men might not be so respectful. If it involves sex, they would engage in it no matter who it hurts, sadly. But not Joseph. Then one day he went into the house, and none of the other men were there. She tried to seduce him again. It says in verse 12, And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled, and got him out. He ran from her. He didn't even bother to try and get his clothing out of her hands. He just left it. She wasn't too happy that he kept rejecting her. But seeing that he left his clothing in her hands, she called all the men and accused Joseph of trying to rape her. She later told her husband what she claimed and ha had happened. Angered that his most trusted servant would do something so horrible, Potiphar threw Joseph into the king's prison. But even in prison, the Lord watched over Joseph. He gained favor with the keeper of the prison and appointed Joseph to watch over the prisoners. The keeper stopped keeping track of the prisoners because he knew Joseph had it all in order. Then one day, Joseph met Pharaoh's butler and baker. They had both been thrown into the prison for offending him. There they both had dreams that Joseph, with the help of God, was able to interpret. The butler's dream meant that Pharaoh would take him out of prison and give him his job back. The baker's dream, however, meant that Pharaoh was going to execute him. These two things came true within three days. The butler was back serving Pharaoh, but the, the baker was hanged. Joseph had asked the butler to remember him when he was released, but he forgot about him. After two years, though, Pharaoh had two dreams that disturbed him, and none of the wise men and magicians could tell him what they meant. The butler remembered Joseph and told Pharaoh about him. So Pharaoh had Joseph brought out of prison and cleaned up. He told his dreams to him, and with God's help, Joseph told Pharaoh what they meant. Seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. Joseph then suggested that Pharaoh put a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. One definition of discreet is having or showing discernment of good judgment in conduct and especially speech. This is something that Joseph had. So Pharaoh chose him to be that man. We read in chapter 41, verses 46 through 49, And Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities. The food of the field which was round about every city lay he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea, very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. So Joseph went throughout all of Egypt, collecting and storing this food so people could buy it when the famine hit. And hit it did. It wasn't just Egypt that was hit, but other countries as well, including Canaan where Joseph's family had lived. These other countries heard that Egypt had store, food stored up, so people would go there to buy some, including Joseph's brothers. 
In chapter 42, we continue reading, Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do ye look one upon another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither, and buy for us from hence, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren. For he said, Lest peradventure mischief befall him. Benjamin stayed behind because he was the last son Jacob had by his beloved Rachel. And after losing Joseph, he didn't want to take any chances with his youngest son. Continuing on in verse 5. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came. For the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land. And it was... And he it was that sold to all people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence ye came? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. Joseph's dreams that he had had literally came true. His brothers were now bowing to him, but they had no idea that they were bowing to their younger brother. The last time they had seen him, he was only around 17 years old. Now he was in his late 30s, and he dressed and spoke like an Egyptian. So it makes some sense that they wouldn't recognize him. I see pictures of people that I went to school with on social media. Some I can recognize because they haven't seemed to have changed all that much. Others, I see their picture and I think, who is that? Then I see the name and I think, oh, wow, they've really changed. wonder if they think the same thing about me. But it was at this point, I think, Jacob, Joseph decided to have a little fun with his brothers. He spoke using an interpreter and accused them of being spies. But they said, no, no, we're not spies. We're just really here to buy food for our family. We're not spies. And... They told him that they were brothers. That there had been twelve of them. The youngest was home with their father, and one was dead. But Joseph again accused them of being spies. But he gave them he gave a chance to prove themselves. In verse 15 we read, Hereby ye shall be proved. By the life of Pharaoh ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you, and let him fetch your brother. And ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved. Whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely ye are spies. And he put them all together into ward three days. And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live, for I fear God. If ye be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn for the famine of your houses. But bring your youngest brother unto me. So shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And they did so. Joseph kept them in prison for three days. He wanted them to bring Benjamin to him. And to make sure they came back, he said that one had to stay. This would prove that they weren't spies. Continuing on, And they said one to another, We are verily guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child. 
and ye would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. And he turned himself about from them, and wept, and returned to them again, and communed with them, and took from them Simeon, and bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn, and to restore every man's money unto his sack, and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. They thought they were being punished by God for what they did to Joseph. While they were talking, they had no idea that Joseph could understand them. When he left the room to cry, they were probably confused as to why this Egyptian governor ran out of the room. When he came in, he chose Simeon to stay in prison, while the other nine returned to Canaan and to Jacob. Joseph then told the men to put food in their sacks, but to return the money that they had brought to buy the food and provisions for the trip. After they left, they stopped so one could feed his donkey, and when he opened the sack, he saw the money. They started to panic, and I can't really blame them for that. How could they explain the money being in the bag when they knew that they had paid? They told everything to Jacob when they got home. After emptying their sacks, they were even more scared because everyone's money was right there. Eventually, they did have to make a return trip to Egypt. So Jacob very reluctantly allowed Benjamin to go with them. On this trip, Simeon was freed, and Joseph told his men to not only put their money back, but also to put his cup in Benjamin's sack with his money. The next day, Joseph sent his steward after them. He accused them of doing evil for good, meaning they were treated well, but did evil to their host, accusing them of stealing his cup. Of course, the brothers had no idea what he was talking about. They proclaimed their innocence and were so confident about it, they told him, With whomsoever of thy servants it be found, both let him die and also will be my Lord's bondservants. They were offering the life of their brother and offering to become slaves if the cup was found with one of them. The steward countered, though, saying only the one who had it would be a slave while the others could go free. So he searched all their sacks, starting with the oldest, and of course when he got to Benjamin, there it was. They all returned to the city to face Joseph, and it was here that Joseph decided to tell his brothers the truth, that he was their brother. And he also told them in chapter 45, verses 5-11, through 11, now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be airing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all thou that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for ye there for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Joseph told his brothers to go back to Canaan, get their father and their families, 
and moved to Egypt so that they could all survive the famine. And that's exactly what they did. I can imagine the joy Jacob felt when he learned that his beloved son was still alive. Joseph is a picture of our Lord Jesus. Joseph was sold by his brothers for 20 pieces of silver, while Jesus was sold by a close friend for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph was accused of and put in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Jesus was accused of and crucified for a crime he didn't commit. After several years, Joseph was taken out of prison and made a ruler in Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. Jesus was raised from the dead and now reigns in heaven, seated beside the Father. Joseph helped to save many from starvation by allowing them to buy food from different nations. Jesus offers to save us from our sins through his sacrifice on the cross. He bought our salvation using his blood as payment. We could never buy it ourselves no matter what we do because the price is too high. So if you're listening to this and you haven't asked Jesus to be your savior, I invite you to do so now. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. Just say, Jesus, save me, please. In Romans, it says that whoever confesses with their tongue that Christ is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead will be saved, and that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you are saved, I ask that you reach out to your lost loved ones. Pray for them if you have and they don't seem to listen. My hope and prayer is that this podcast reaches people for the glory of God. That's all for this episode. Join me next time as we look at a man who was born a Hebrew slave, grew up a prince, and chosen by God to lead his people out of bondage. We will be looking at Moses next time on Looking at the Word. Looking at the Word, created and hosted by Jordan Turner. All scripture comes from the King James Bible. Copyright 2023.